Oh, come on, let's give that mighty God a mighty praise. Come on, let's give him a shout of glory. Give him praise here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. We give you glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and to be in God's presence. Why don't you take a moment, amen, and just turn to the person next to you. Give them a fist bump. Tell them it's good to see you in the house of the Lord here tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a wonderful job. Amen. The music team did here tonight. Amen. Thank God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 is where we're going to be getting started. Man, some of us may be able to quote this here tonight, and that's great. Amen. Quote it as often as possible to somebody. Hallelujah. To your neighbor, to your friends. Amen. Quote it as much as you can. Uh, but I'm going to hopefully bring something to us here tonight. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked or convicted in their heart. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. Man, skipping back up to verse number 40. He says this, and with, and, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. In other words, in other words, amen. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray? Let's lift up our voices and let's magnify him here tonight. Come on, the Holy Ghost is already moving in this house. I feel him moving up and down each aisle, God. Amen. For all those that are here and those that are watching online, I pray that this would be a blessing, God, to your people. And I pray that we would take this, God. We're living in a wild world, God. And we need to save ourselves and our families from this untoward generation, God. Amen. We need to see our families saved. We need to see our neighborhood saved. Oh, come on. Somebody give him praise here today. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give him a shout of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. In other words, 
Acts chapter 2, as many of us are aware, is the day of Pentecost. It is the start of the first church in history. What we are seeing is the birthing of a movement that would sweep across the known world. It was at its time an obscure uh, little group of 120 that met in an upper room. Uh, to many, they think they were just a bunch of weirdos that followed uh, some guy by the name of Jesus from a little obscure town by the name of Nazareth. Uh, and they had a prayer meeting, but what they knew is that in that prayer meeting, they had a word from God that I will do what I promised all the way back in the book of Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And God said that you're going to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father, until the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the church started. They kicked off not with a barbecue. Uh, they didn't kick off with some great program. But they kicked off the first church in history with a prayer meeting Amen. And they prayed, amen, steadfastly. They continued praying because they were looking to receive the promise of the Father. They were looking to receive an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Church, I want to remind us here tonight that no revival can happen, amen, if we are not hitting our knees and praying and asking for God to move. Amen. You know, God, God gave us a great gift called choice and God will not he will not go against the will that he gave man this is why he told amen his old testament church if you will that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways then I will heal hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. What he's saying is when you begin to pray, amen, you step out and you say, God, we want to welcome you and we want to invite you, amen, into this circumstance, into this situation. I want to tell you that it does not matter what is going on around you. The moment you ask God to come in, amen, God said as soon as they begin to humble themselves and pray, I've got to move, amen. I want you to know that when you call on the name of the Lord, he hears every word. When you invite God's presence in, amen, God is out there, amen. We find it in the book of Revelations. God's a door knocker. He stands at the door and he knocks and he wants to know, is there anybody that will use and enact their will to open the door and let me in? When they said, God, we want an outpouring of your spirit, all it took was 120 people in an upper room, and God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. It's going to be on all flesh, but before it gets on all flesh, it's going to get on the people that gave me permission to move. Church, we got to give God permission, amen, to move in every service. Amen, we've got to say, Lord, we invite you, amen, to move in every service. If it's ever going to get on the visitor, it's got to start with somebody in the church saying, God, I've got to have a move of your spirit. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Amen.
they got this they got this church started they got it started right with a prayer meeting with a move of God with an outpouring of his spirit they invited God to to do what he had promised to do a long time ago and and here there was some other people that it didn't just it didn't just happen in an upper room, but it meant it began to spill out onto the streets. And now there's people that have that have started to see what's going on that were not part of the prayer meeting. And they want to know what it is. Some said these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. There's something wrong with them. These are mental people. Amen. But Peter stood up and told him, no, this is not alcohol. This is not something that we got drunk on. Amen. Uh, this is not, this is not, amen, something of this world. But we got a new wine that came straight from heaven. This is not something from the old system or the Old Testament, if you will. But this is something from the new church. Amen. We're starting something brand new. Amen. This is that which was spoken all the way back then there. Amen. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And he wanted them to know that this is that. Somebody give God praise here tonight. I just want to remind somebody what kind of church you're sitting in here today. This is that. Prophesied for thousands of years. Prophesied since the fall of man that there was going to be a church, amen, that was filled with the Spirit of God. There was going to be a revival. Can I help you understand it here tonight? That revival, amen, it starts with a prayer meeting, but it was prophesied a long time ago that God saw it all the way back at Calvary and for the joy that was set before him said I'm going to have a church in Carson City and it's not going to be a church that's based on denomination it's not going to be based on personality but when I birth my church they're going to be born again of water and of spirit they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Church, it's not time to be empty. It's not time to be dry or dead. It's time to be filled up with the Holy Ghost till it's overflowing. Somebody give him praise here tonight. This first century church didn't start on empty. It started overflowing. This year's the year. Amen. We're talking about the overflow. We got to have, amen, an overflow in every single service. Amen. I want to I want to I want us to understand something. It started small. It started with just 120 in an upper room, but they 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 didn't just focus on how many were in the room. They focused on who was in the room. They focused on the God of heaven that filled the room. Amen. And when they focus on that God that filled the room, that God that filled the people. It began to spread out into the streets, uh, and people started asking questions. Uh, what's going on? Uh, what what has changed your life? Uh, you want to know what's the greatest evangelism tool that'll ever be is when you let the Holy Ghost turn your life uh, upside down, when you let God fill you up till it's overflowing, uh, and everybody starts asking, uh, what's going on? How did you change? Amen. They want to know what made the difference in your life. And we can testify to them if it, wouldn't be, if it had not been for Jesus. Amen. I wouldn't have had a change in my life. If it wasn't for being filled with the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't have been changed. Amen. And, and we see here that they ask questions. They want to know a little more about this first century church. 
And, they, and Peter gets up and he begins to preach to them. Amen. And, and we, we do focus mostly on, amen, the remedy. But he does tell them that man has fallen, that man has sinned, that they have crucified Jesus, who is both Lord and Christ, uh, Jehovah of the Old Testament and Messiah of the New Testament. Amen. He wanted them to know that you and I are guilty, amen, by, uh, by our sins and our actions, uh, amen, that it was our sins that hung Jesus on that tree. And as he preaches that message uh, that this Jesus was crucified because of our actions, uh, amen, they got convicted in their heart. Don't be afraid to share with somebody, amen, what Jesus did for them. Amen. I had a Bible study the other day, and I, I let them know what, what they were asking questions. Can I, can I do this? Can I do that? And I said, we need to change your perspective on what you can and can't do. I, I want to I bring you back to a place called Calvary where, a, where God was manifested in the flesh. Uh, he lived a perfect life. He had never sinned. Uh, he was without spot or wrinkle. And, and yet they beat him. They whipped him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Amen. They, they, put a, they put a cross on his back. Amen. They pierced him through his hands and through his feet. They stabbed him through the side, and yet he did nothing wrong. And Jesus said that while you were a sinner... I died for you. I said, it's not about what you can do and get away with. You've got to remind yourself that it was my actions that put him up on that cross. And I, I want to think twice before I start going certain places. I want to think twice before I do certain things because I don't want those actions, amen, to be, I don't want the next action I make, amen, to look back in history and say, this is what Jesus died for. I want to live such a life that says, Jesus, you already suffered for it. You already died for it. I'm, I'm not going to crucify the Lord afresh. I'm going to walk in righteousness. I'm going to walk in holiness because I want God to know I appreciate that you died for me. I appreciate your sacrifice. Oh, I feel him in this house. Somebody give him praise here tonight. Somebody lift up your hands in this house. Come on, I don't want to just, can I get away with this? No, it was my sin that put him there. I want to live a convicted life, amen, that says, God, I don't want to go those ways. I don't want to do those things. It was those very actions that put you on that cross. I don't want to do it afresh. Oh, somebody pray for just a few moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think sometimes we miss what the gospel really is. Man, it, it was our sins, our actions that made a sinless, amen, God die for his sinful people. Amen. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say, man, I'm just going to, as Paul would say, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, well, he already died. Let's, let's go ahead and use every drop of that blood. No, I don't want to do that. I want to live according to his sacrifice. Amen. He, he died so I can live. He, he died so that I can walk right. He died so that I can live according to his word and walk, amen, above sin. Amen. With the devil and sin under my feet. Amen. They were convicted and they said, what? Do we got to do? And there's people in this building, I hope you can quote this. 
What do I got to do to be saved? I admit that it was my actions that put him there. I admit that it was my committed acts or my omitted acts, the things I did wrong and the things that I did not do right. I admit that I was the one that put him on that cross. Everybody's got to come to that personal responsibility. Amen. And that's where we get a true revelation of forgiveness. Amen. When we realize that whether it was a murderer that put him on that tree or you telling a a little white lie that put him on that tree. Uh, amen. It was all the same. Uh, it was my sins that put him up there. And they said, what do I got to do to be saved? And Peter stood up and began to preach the message that Jesus had been telling him for three and a half years. Peter said unto them, you've got to repent. Everything starts with repentance. It starts with a death to self. It is turning from sin to God. Amen. Just a little gospel message for a moment. Let's remind ourselves what repentance is. It's not just a turn from sin. Some people say, well, repentance is 180. Well, sometimes you just need 90 degrees. You don't need 180. Hey, hallelujah. There's some people go from sin to self-righteousness. Praise God. Amen. You can't just turn from sin. you got to turn from sin to God. Amen, because if not, you'll turn from sin to thinking you're better than everybody else. And you'll turn, amen, from committing something to all of a sudden now omitting the things that are right, like grace and mercy. Hallelujah. you got to turn from sin and say, God, I've been doing it my way, but now I'm going to turn from my actions or lack of actions, and I'm going to turn directly towards my Savior. Amen, I'm going to go to Jesus, and I'm going to repent. I'm going to re-aim because sin is to miss the mark. I'm going to take aim again and try to hit that mark properly. And then he tells him, you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. This is for the remission, the washing away of sins. Paul would tell us that we were buried with him by baptism. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you have not yet received the gospel message. Hallelujah. Well, I repented. Great, grand, wonderful. There were some disciples of John that were baptized under the baptism of repentance. They had repented, but they had not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he told them, you got to be rebaptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't be ashamed of this gospel. Tell people, well, I was baptized as a baby. You got to be rebaptized. I was baptized in this church in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Great. That's wonderful. But you need to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ because it's the name that washes all your sins away. Amen. Buried with Him in baptism. And then Peter then tells him, and then you've got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we know that everybody that received the gift of the Holy Ghost in the Bible and even here in our church and any church that receives the Holy Ghost, the way that we know they got the Holy Ghost is they speak in other tongues, a language they did not know. It is an utterance that comes from heaven. Amen. God gives that speech. God gives that language. Amen. There's people that have yet to receive the Holy Ghost because they want to be in control. Amen. Of what they're saying. They want to be in control. They don't want to let loose and let God have control. Amen. But the only way that you and I can truly, amen, receive the gospel message and the only way that we can truly be saved is we got to get out of control and say, God, you can have control. Amen. 
You can have control of my speech. Amen. And James would say the tongue is the most unruly member. And God said, the way I'm going to show people you're saved, I'm going to get a hold of the thing that you can't keep shut. I'm going to get a hold of that language. I'm going to get a hold of that speech. And he said, this is what you got to do to be saved. We've heard this message. We've, In fact, most of us here tonight have received this message. If you've not yet received this gospel message, I want you to know it's for you here tonight. Amen. Anybody that watches this in the future, this gospel message is for you. In fact, Peter would continue and say the promise, this is a promise. This gospel message is a promise. It is good news that, that this is for you and for your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is what Jesus talked about to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when he told them, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When you start talking about kingdom principles, people that have not been born again don't fully comprehend it because it is a spiritual concept. And he said, except a man is born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When they asked Peter what we've got to do, he just told them what Jesus said. you got to be born again of water and of spirit. This is elementary right now, and this is intentional. I want us to grasp this and never let it go. You have to be born again of water and of spirit. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost to see, perceive, or to enter the kingdom of God. Somebody give God praise here tonight for that message. I think if there's ever been a message we ought to get excited about, that's the message we ought to get excited about. I thank God for blessings, but I'm so grateful, amen, that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Peter preached exactly what Jesus said. The entrance to the kingdom is being born again. Let me explain what that is really saying. Because does it mean that I have received Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and I am now set and good to go. I have repented. I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm done. All right, let's just move on. Nope. I was born again of water and spirit. I'm finished. It's over. Jesus, come back now and take me to heaven. It got quiet. I think some folks only quoted Acts chapter 2, verse 38, but they didn't continue it. Because we don't take things out of context. You got to look at the rest of the Bible. And there's people that have said, Well, I just I want to get the things off my checklist so that I can miss hell. Amen. And I can just enter the kingdom of God. But let me help you. When you accepted this gospel message and you were you repented, you were baptized in Jesus' name and you were filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that Jesus said you have entered the kingdom of God. Amen. I think that's wonderful and great news. But 
But that is like walking in the front door here today, and all you've gotten to is the front door. You're not outside anymore. You're no longer in the cold, but you have yet to see the rest of the building. You have yet to see the rest of the house. Amen. Don't come to my house and just stand in my doorway and say, I've, I've seen it all and I've experienced it all. Amen. And this is how some people live for God. Amen. They have walked and entered the kingdom of God and said, well, this is all that there is to it. This is great. What a wonderful door. But I want us to go a little deeper because Peter began and continued to preach to them. He says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, save yourself from this wicked, backwards generation. Amen. Acts 2.38 got you in the door, but it's going to be other words that are going to help you save yourself. It's going to be other words that are going to help you save your family. It's going to be, oh, come on, somebody. Acts 2.38 is wonderful. You can't get in the building without going through the door. But I want you to know it's the other words that are going to get you from the doorway, through the hallway, into the living room, into the kitchen, moving through the rest of the kingdom of God. Somebody give him praise here tonight. Come on, we're moving beyond the doorway here tonight. We're saying, God, what else do you got for us? Somebody shout and give him praise. Come on, let's shout for a moment. Let's give God praise. I want to go beyond the door. I want to go as deep into the kingdom of God as I can go. I want to go as far in God as I can go. I'm not satisfied where I am. I'm pursuing God. Doctrine is absolute. It's important. You can't get in the house without going through the door. Jesus said, whosoever tries to get in any other way than going through the door is none other than a thief and a robber. No thieves and robbers are going to make it into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, he said, speaking of treasures, you can't lay up treasures in heaven that moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break into steel because in this kingdom, no Thieves get in. You can't break and enter into the kingdom of God. You absolutely got to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. But guess what? Once you've gone through the doorway, you're going to need some other words that are going to propel you beyond where you start. And they're going to help you go beyond where you are and take you a little deeper into the kingdom of God. This is why, uh, amen, we don't just preach, uh, amen, just, uh, and, and understand me, uh, hopefully I preface it enough uh, that you know where I stand and what I believe uh, about salvation. Uh, but this is why we don't just stop uh, at Acts 2.38. We continue on, uh, amen. We tell people, amen, that they got to start living right. Uh, we get people to move beyond, uh, amen, some of the things that have held them back in their past. Uh, amen, there's some other words. Uh, you got to preach uh, Amen. There's times where you got to preach about loving your neighbor. Huh? Amen. Well, get, well, how's that going to help me? Huh? I'll tell you how it's going to help you. It's going to get you from the front door through the hallway. 
There's times you got to talk about getting over bitterness and preaching about getting past being bitter. Amen. Well, you shouldn't have to. Yes, you do because it's those other words that are going to save your family. It's those other words that are going to get you beyond where you are into your potential. I thank God I had a pastor uh, that did, that was not afraid uh, of preaching some other words to me. Uh, amen. Coming by and just let me know uh, that, son, if you're going to make it, uh, amen, in, in the kingdom of God, if you're going to not just miss hell, uh, but if you're going to get to the apex of what, I, what God's got for you, uh, if you're going to make it to the calling God has for you, uh, you're going to have to live by uh, some other words. Uh, there's going to have to be some convictions uh, that come into your life. Uh, there's going to be have to be some lifestyle changes in order for you to get where God's leading you. Other words. These other words, I wish the Bible would have told us all of the other words. Don't you? It would have been great if there would have been a checklist of other words. I sure would have loved as a preacher to get a list of these other words. It'd be great. We could all just follow the syllabus about these other words. But churches get messy. Somebody said, praise God. Living for God gets messy. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Sometimes uh, you, you, you stub your toe when you're walking in the kingdom of God. And there's got to be some other words that remind us, hey, you're going to have to take a left over here. Or you're going to keep running into that wall. Uh, amen. It's like walking in this building. You're going to have to, you're going to have to navigate your way uh, in the kingdom uh, of God. Uh, and those other words are there, uh, amen, to help us. Uh, this is why we don't rip out pages of our Bible. Uh, this is why we don't just live uh, by one portion of scripture. Uh, I don't want a Psalms and Proverbs and New Testament. Uh, I want God to give me everything he's got uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelations. Uh, God, if you got some other words uh, that are going to help me save myself uh, from this wicked and perverse generation, go ahead and give me some other words. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify God here tonight. Come on, let's pray for a few moments. It's those other words that are going to get you beyond where you are. It's those other words that are going to help you. Somebody pray. Oh, Jesus. Come on, let's pray for a few moments. Come on, it's, it's those Wednesday night words. It's those, those little, little, little side words God gives you. Amen. They're, they're, they're going to help you be saved. Oh, come on, let's pray for a moment. Hallelujah. These other words. I want to talk to us about this for a moment. Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Not some of it, all of it. The part you like and the part you don't like. Be instant in season and out of season. Those other words... They're going to come up in in-seasons. Amen. We like those in-season words, right? You're going through it, and, man, you get that in-season word. It's that perfect time word. Amen. That other word's going to get you through that season that you're in. But sometimes there's an other word that shows up, and it's out of season. 
And, and it's, it's the responsibility of the individual to grab that word and say, okay, I'm not going to let this word just go away. I'm not going to let it just grow and sprout for a moment and say, man, that was wonderful, but I'm going to take that word and I'm going to plant it in the good soil of my heart because there is coming a day where I'm going to need that other word. Amen. There is coming a season where I'm going to need that other word and it's going to save my family. It's going to save, come on somebody, it's going to get me unstuck anybody want to anybody ever been stuck you've been stuck I've been stuck before and I, I've come to church or I read my Bible or I've been praying and all of a sudden God comes by with another word he shows up with just another word and that other word gets me unstuck I go to church and I hear the man of God preach and it gets me out of my rut out of my comfort zone and it's that other word amen because if not I would have been satisfied at the door I'd have just hung out in the lobby, but God said, I've got more than you are even ready for right now. I can open up windows of heaven and pour out blessings you don't even have room enough to receive, but you got to hear the other words. There's going to be some other words that tell you how to be blessed. There's going to be some other words that tell you how to be holy like he's holy. There's going to be some other words that tell you, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. There's going to be some other words, whether they're in season or out of season, whether they're for a rebuke, amen, that come in contrast to the way you're living, or a reproof that just says you're a little off the mark. It's those other words that show up and they bless us and get us beyond where we are. Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel him in this house here tonight. Oh, I feel him. In season, out of season words. Got to have other words. Well, I don't need, does this really matter? Well, yes it does. Because the other words matter. Hallelujah. There's going to be times where you're going to hear God speaking to you. Let's talk about convictions for a moment. We're getting ready here in a little bit. We're going to talk about standards. We're going to talk about holiness. Got quiet, man. I do believe that. Amen. But I, I, before we get into those, the nitty-gritty, I'm going I'm I'm to do my best to preach the spirit of them. Sometimes it's those other words. We don't always see the direct connection. Sometimes it's we don't don't we don't necessarily look down the road far enough even to see where it is connected. But there, there's a watchman on the wall that's got to draw a line that's got to say, hold on, don't go that direction. And sometimes it's those other words that are going to spare you from going, amen, the wrong direction. Amen. It's those times where we, 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 get, we get in church and, man, we're excited. Huh? Amen. But there's got to be some changes that happen in our lifestyle. Huh? Amen. There's going to be some changes in the way we talk. Huh? There's going to be some changes in the way we dress. Huh? Some people say, well, God only cares about one part. No, God cares about the whole man. Huh? Mind, body, soul, and spirit. He wants to redeem all of you. He wants to save all of you. There's going to be times that we've done it where we talk about stuff like giving. What, what is that? Those are other words. Amen. They're showing us how to live a blessed life. There's going to be times where we talk about relationship with one another. And it seems like, man, 
amen, we got to talk about this again. Yes, amen, because we're going to go to heaven together, and we're going to, we shall meet him, amen, in the air. It's not an I thing. It's a we thing, and we're going to have to. There's going to be other words about unity. There's going to be some other words about progressing. There's going to be some other words about growing. There's going to be some other words about conviction. There's going to be some other words about moving beyond where we are. Those other words, I, I, I wish there was a Bible verse. I wish there was a Bible verse that would tell us how to navigate in the 21st century. Don't you? Yeah. People, people laughed at Pentecost because we distinguish between male and female. Hallelujah. They laughed at the church because we said, no, 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 there's going to be, according to the word of God, the principles of God's word, there is a difference, uh, and there should always be a difference. And they laughed at Pentecost, uh, but nobody's laughing now that their 10-year-old kid doesn't know whether they're a boy or a girl. Nobody's laughing now that they, they're now legislating whether or not they can choose their gender before they can smoke or drive. Uh, amen. This world's losing its ever-loving mind. Uh, but I want to tell you, there's a church uh, in Carson City that's got some other words that will not let, come on, that will save us from a backwards generation. It's going to be a church with other words that are going to have revival. It's going to be a church of other words where souls will be saved, lives will be transformed. It's going to be a church with other words that are going to get people to heaven. It's going to be a church with other words that are going to get families put back together. It's going to be a church of other words that are going to cause people to enter into the ministry. It's going to be a church filled with other words that are going to get people blessed. It's going to be a church with other words that are going to help people go beyond where they are. Let's stand across the building, lift up our hands. Come on, it's going to be some of those other words. We've got to have them. We've got to have them. Preacher, preach to me. Word of God, open up and speak directly to me. Holy Ghost, convict me. Come on, let's pray for a moment. There's, there's conviction in this house. Conviction is godly. Conviction is good. Amen. When God is speaking, it's a good thing. When God is strong, it's a good thing. Come on, let's pray for a moment. Come on. I got to be saved. Amen. I, gotta, I, I don't just got to get in the door of the kingdom. I got to be saved in some other words too. I got to get my life right in some other words as well. I, I got to line up, amen, to the word of God in some other words. I've got in some other principles. I can't just take one thing. Amen. Cherry pick. I got to have the other words too. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by how many words? How many words? Some. The ones I like? Every word. It's going to take every word. Amen. I don't want to check out the word I don't like. God, give me every word. Because it's those every words that are going to save my life. There's going to be some words that are going to come by. I know some people misuse this. Oh, that's a personal conviction. I know there's people that abuse that. They usually do that to make themselves seem superior to other people. Conviction should always lead you closer to your brother and closer to God.
if your convictions are driving a wedge between you and God and you and your brother who is right with God, there's something wrong with your convictions. Let's just put that as a blanket statement. We'll talk about that at another time. But, but there are times where you can look and you can say, man, uh, what, there's, some, there's some things God's been speaking to me about. You know, if I were to be honest, uh, I, 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 could not, I could not preach for people to live uh, some of the things that I, I live myself because I know God has been speaking to me directly. I wouldn't put that off on somebody else. But you know what? God spoke to me. And I say, God, it's going to be those other words. There's some things the Bible says. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. I don't know what entices you. I don't know what is drawing you away. I don't know what's pulling at your heart. But you do. And so does the Holy Ghost. And God's going to bring you a word and, and it might seem absurd. I've got friends. I've got friends that, that they, and this is just a side note. I'm not, I'm not against this, whatever. They don't have, they don't have a, the iPhone. They have a flip phone. And I've asked them, why? why? I said, well, I felt like God was speaking to me at spending a little more time in his word. Hey, those are some other words. But God was speaking to that individual. There's going to be times where God's going to directly. Now, there's, there's things we preach over this pulpit. There's things we did. we just say, hey, this is this is the this is the house rules if we can put it that way. The lines I feel to draw. That's that is what it is, and I'll, 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 I'm not afraid to tell it just as that. This is house rules. Amen. There's other things that are doctrines. You can't you can't mess with those. Those are just they're there. I can point them out plain as day. I can I can pull it up. There's principles and precepts. Amen. There may not be a verse in the Bible that says thou shalt not smoke, but I can show you quite a few principles. Amen. I can draw the line, but then there's going to be times where you cannot legislate enough. Because I'm, I'm going to get into some of these things here in a little while. I, I cannot legislate enough, and you and I can't legislate enough. If not, we become Pharisees. This is where the Holy Ghost comes in. And he starts speaking some other words. And he starts convicting your heart. And those convictions are leading you closer to him. Closer in fellowship Amen with your brother. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus it cleanses us from all sins. Got to have some other words too. I don't want to just say, God, just give me the one or two things I like. No, God, if there's some other words, if there's, some, if there's another level of consecration, if there's another room in your kingdom you want to lead me to, and there's some things I'm going to have to lay aside to get in that room, Come on. Deep calleth unto deep. If, I, if, if it's going to get me to go deeper, Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. That's not saying he hates rich people. What he's saying is there's going to be some parts of the kingdom where if you want to get in, you're going to have to take some things off. You're going to have to get rid of some things. This is what Paul would say, laying aside every weight. Some things aren't sinful. They're just weighing you down. And those other words come by and say, if you would just lay aside these other weights, he brings an other word to get you to lay aside other weights and when you lay them aside he says I've got a whole new avenue that you can now enter in my kingdom I don't know about you but I want God to speak to me every word 
God, don't hold back on me. Just tell me whatever it is. Whatever is going to get me to go the furthest in your kingdom. Amen. Whatever is going to cause me to go the highest in your kingdom. Whatever it is, I, I don't want to be satisfied where I am. I don't want to just stay right here. God, if there's an improvement I can make, if there's something I that, that maybe would help me walk closer to you, that's what I want to do. Preach those other words to be God. Speak those other words to my heart. I want to open up this altar. Would you come here tonight? Tonight we're coming to this altar. We're saying, Lord, I thank you for the words that I have received to this point. But, Lord, I, I want to ask you, God, I, I, want to, I want to yield my will for you to speak some other words as well. Because I know this world's wild. I know there's going to be some present distresses, as Paul would say, and we need some words to navigate those seasons as well. I want to open up my life to those other words, God. God, if you want to convict me, and, and, and not, not, not to hurt me, but to help me, God, I, I want to open up my heart and my mind, amen, to those convictions, God. If you want to lead me to a deeper consecration and a deeper dedication, God, give me those other words. Speak those other words to my heart, God. Come on, let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. This is how we move forward in the kingdom of God. Other words. This is how you take a few steps forward. Other words. This is how you go beyond where you are. It's those other words. God, I want my marriage to grow. I need those other words. I want my finances to be better. I, I want those other words. I want my prayer life to increase. I need those other words. I need, I, need my, I need my spiritual disciplines like fasting and Bible reading to improve. God, I need those other words. I want my worship to have another level of depth. I've got to have those other words. I've got to know how to navigate this wicked world. Amen, this perverse generation. I've got to have those other words. Amen, we've got to raise kids in this world. We're going to need some of those other words that are going to help us. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray until God starts speaking some other words in your mind. God's been speaking to some folks all week long. You know what those are? Those are other words. Heed God. Heed God. Listen to his voice.
Come on, let's pray in this house. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on, God's been speaking some other words for quite a while to some folk. You feel that conviction. You feel that pull to get a little closer to Jesus. Don't resist those other words. Don't, don't, don't hold back on those other words. Say, okay, God. That's going to help me navigate my way. That's going to save me in this generation. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to take me up another level. Come on, that's it. Keep speaking those other words, Lord. Recently, I had uh, Brother Ethan. Ethan asked me a question. He said, "Pastor, what's your what was your favorite church service?" And I said, "Man, you ain't got enough time." And I said, "I, I wish I could tell you my favorite church service was that conference where man we had a conference every year." 1,200 people showed up. I wish I could tell you, man, that was it. And we had some great moments. Wish I could tell you it was that Sunday service, man, where it just got knocked out of the park. And we, we hung from the fans and the chandeliers, and we actually had some of those. I said, man, it was those Wednesday nights where my pastor got up, and we all yawned. But he spoke some other words that forever changed my life. So those are actually some of my favorite moments. Just about 30 of us. We got 500 now, but about 30 of us just sitting around. And he just spoke some other words. Stuff like excellence. Stuff like commitment. Stuff like consecration. Stuff like give your all to God. And not everybody received the other words because they didn't, they didn't continue on with Jesus, Brother Johnson. 
But there was a few of us that said, you know what? Every word of God. You got to stay hungry in a generation that's filled with buffets. The world's a buffet. It's just always presenting you with junk food. You got to stay hungry. Hungry not for this world. Hungry for those other words, God. Is there something else that I can do, God, to get closer to you? Closer to the plan you have for my life? Closer to my brother? Is there something else that you have? Is there another word, God, that can help my marriage be better? Is there another word, God? Speak it to me. And I will receive the other words. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray one more time. Come on, I'm speaking to people right now that are hungry for the other words. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, hunger and thirst after those other words, they shall be filled. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Father, we love you. We thank you for every word that has proceeded out of your mouth, oh God. Thank you for every time, God, that, that, that you've just convicted our hearts. No one else is around. It might have been a prayer meeting, God, where you have drawn me closer to you. God, I thank you for those Bible studies where not a whole lot seemed like it was happening, but God, it forever changed the trajectory of my life. God, I thank you for those high moments and those conference services as well, those guest speakers, and those, those were forever changing my life as well, God. I thank you for every word that has proceeded out of your mouth for my life, for my family, God. And I pray as the years continue, God, that we would forever stay hungry, never satisfied. Amen. Never satisfied and say we've explored the kingdom enough, God. Amen. If there's another word out there, God, I want to I walk into it. If there's another word out there, I want to get a hold of it. If there's another word out there, I want to ingest it and I want to metabolize it and I want to make it part of my life. Somebody clap your hands one more time and give God a shout of praise. Oh, let's really give him praise. Come on. Those other words that healed you, give him praise for it. Those other words that caused you to be blessed, praise God for it. Those other words that put your marriage back together, give God praise. Praise God. Shake hands, fist bump, whatever you feel comfortable with. Love one another. Let's come ready, amen, on Sunday for another word from God. Uh, let's invite somebody to the house of the Lord, but also there's still the sign-up sheet for adults bullying. It's going to be a great day.